Hello everybody, this is Mike here from The Flywheel. On The Flywheel, we talk to experts about careers, development, personal growth, and business. Today on the show, we have Ricardo, and we are going to be talking about finding your purpose at work. Welcome to the show, Ricardo. Maybe if you want to start with a quick introduction about yourself. Thank you so much, Michael. Very nice to meet you all. My name is Ricardo. I work for Microsoft and I'm so pleased to join here today and I can't wait to talk to you, Mike. So Ricardo, I think what would be very helpful for our viewers is to understand a little bit about your career journey um, from where you started to where you are today. I feel so privileged. I, I, I had the opportunity to join the IT sector in, uh, you're gonna know now my age, uh, plus 20 years ago, I joined HP in Brazil. Uh, I worked for HP for five years, and then I joined Microsoft to launch the most interesting product that we ever launched, call it Windows Vista. <laughs> so I was the con Windows Consumer Product Marketing Manager in Brazil, and I had a wonderful experience there. In 2011, I moved to Canada, and I joined the Dynamics team in Canada. Later on, I joined working with Modern Workplace and I became a product marketing manager, specialized in helping organizations to create modern workplace. And during this journey, I got to a very interesting opportunity that I guess it was always in front of me that really connected my passion. Uh, I love helping people, that's, that's really me, especially vulnerable people. And, but I was, not, I was not matching my personal passion with something I was doing at work. The day that I had the aha moment, and I remember that you were really close to me, you used to sit really close to me, and I guess you, you saw this firsthand. The day that I realized how technology was empowering persons with disabilities, when I was asked to do a presentation in a school in Ontario that is specialized in kids with sight loss, and I showcased all the built-in technology that we have in our platform, and that day I realized, I said, you know what? There's something here big. It's not just about helping organizations to create modern workplace. It's about helping organizations to create accessible and inclusive workplace. And then my career changed. There was this passion that ignited uh, in you around accessibility and inclusion. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about how you transitioned from starting to leverage technology and talk to people about the technology to making this passion at work a bigger part of your role and mandate? So it was a f first an insight because uh, as a marketer, so uh, my career, I dedicate my career as a product marketing manager. So uh, marketing is like my, my, my key thing. That's the thing I do and I love. And we are always looking for market insights, trends, what's going on, uh, how can we do better? How can we communicate? Uh, in a better way? How can we attract more customers? So all the things that we do to, you know, really position a product in market and really address the value proposition. And I got this insight saying, hey, we are not just empowering uh, persons with disabilities, we are empowering everyone because the same technology that empowers persons with disabilities can work for everyone. Good example, captions, right? So if you join a meeting with captions, this technology was designed for a person hard of hearing, but can also work for someone watching a presentation in a noisy environment, uh, or uh, someone uh, who is uh, 
just to, you know, as I mentioned, a noise, a noise environment or a foreign language speaker. Uh, there are so many benefits of uh, following a presentation with captions, and there are so many other examples. And this insight that if you design a solution for a person with disability, you include. So I saw the component that I was just doing things around my personal perspective, imagining social impact and doing my work as business. And the day that I saw a way to combine both doing business and social with the same thing I was doing, I think Microsoft became a platform for me. So I kind of feel that I work for Microsoft and Microsoft works for me as well. And that 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 moment, things changed for me. It would be great to start to maybe talk a little bit more about how that became a bigger mandate for you. And so your role now is obviously not in the modern workplace team, um, but it was actually a first of its kind. So maybe talk a little bit about how that evolution happened and a little bit even around what your role is today and the impact you're able to have in it. So what, one thing that I want to say is I am not the first one at Microsoft jumping uh, around accessibility and accessibility is not something new inside Microsoft. We've been working around accessibility in the field of accessibility for years. We have a chief accessibility officer inside Microsoft, an amazing person that I recommend every single one to follow. Her name is Jenny Leigh Flurry, uh, a worldwide team of experts, evangelists, ambassadors of accessibility everywhere. And I joined this group. So the good thing for me, uh, starting my journey, as soon as I as soon as I became aware of this opportunity and this challenge as well, uh, I think I, I was um, lucky enough to find many other stakeholders around the world inside Microsoft helping me to become a better advocate. So this journey starting this way, I literally found my team. So it was not like a formal structure, but uh, people around the, the, the organization that I knew that they, they understand what I was seeing and they figure out ways to help and support me. So it was an amazing opportunity to connect to everywhere in the world and from different perspectives as well. We had engineers, lawyers, uh, software engineers, marketers, sales, like people from many different backgrounds coming together for the, the same topic. So I, I just want to emphasize that this is not just something from me, but I, but I think I, I helped the team to translate all the goodness of what we were doing internally to make our own workplace more inclusive and how we were translating all uh, the benefits of including talents with disabilities as part of our fabric inside Microsoft uh, to customers. So bringing the storytelling component or communicating the value of um, built-in technologies that are available, for example, in Windows 10, Office 365, Dynamics 365, Power Apps, Surface. So it helped us to demonstrate to customers, especially customers that are not the ones that we usually talk, HR leaders or people dealing with legislation and legal, to really show that our platform could not just address the technology component and the challenge of the digital uh, revolution for them, but also the component of people, how to create inclusion, how to create uh, an environment that is accessible to everyone. So it was fascinating. It started as a side job. Uh, we got like a tremendous demand for this topic that uh, internally the team decided to create a dedicated role 
which I'm humbled to represent the team in working as a full-time dedicated resource inside Microsoft Canada for this topic. You know, Ricardo, congratulations. It's amazing to see that, you know, your, your passion fully met with where you were in your career and you capitalized on making that really core to, to what you do every day. Um, there's probably tons of people out there thinking to themselves, what does a role like that entail? What, what do you do in a day? One of the key things I do is to showcase and demonstrate to customers how our technology can help them to create an inclusive and accessible workplace. Many customers, they already have all the technology, but they are not aware on how to activate uh, functionalities to make the workplace more inclusive. And it's not just about technology, it's also about uh, uh, suggestions and ways to people to uh, present in an inclusive way, setting up meetings more inclusive. So there is a process around training people and letting people know what they don't know. And the third one is, um, is related to processes, what you can do to ensure from a process perspective to, think, to make things more accessible, more inclusive. It can be related to design. So for example, how to help teams, software engineers to build softwares that are accessible by design, avoiding to create a solution that will exclude people. This is such an important topic, especially in AI. I'll be more than happy to talk to you about this, this field that is fascinating and challenging at the same time. And um, yes, so this is one, is how to use technology and find ways to address mismatches. The way I like to say is people are not disabled, environments and tools are. So how we turn this conversation to environments and tools and apply technology to address mismatches and connect abilities to the environment. That's the, that's the key core. Uh, it's trying to find ways through technology to empower everyone. That's amazing. And I think the other part that's super cool about your job is you talked about, you know, we, we've said Microsoft a lot, but really you spend a ton of time with people that don't work at Microsoft at all. Could you talk a little bit about how, you know, your role collaborates externally, not just around how Microsoft technology can improve accessibility and inclusion, but how we in Canada or beyond, um, you know, as companies, as partners, as people can really be embracing accessibility in a greater way. I'm super excited to see competitors or companies in the industry, other industry coming together to discuss this topic uh, from a different land or a different perspective. Uh, I think one of the key things that I think changed uh, with the digital transformation so if you are really living and breathing uh, digital in, in, in the digital era, uh, you cannot use formulas from the previous revolution, the industry revolution. And the industry revolution, the mindset was to design and create offers for the average, for the majority, right? So trying to invite the audience to think of a dinosaur sleeping. I know it's super hard. I don't know if someone ever saw a dinosaur, but imagine the long tail and the head in the floor and the back of the dinosaur. So most people uh, doing business, they said, okay, let's go to the back of the dinosaur. That's the place that we can maximize. And someone asking, what about the head or the tail? Oh, this is a niche market, right? So the mindset was focused on where you can you know, scale in, in maximize revenue, share. 
When you go to the digital side, of course, people want you to do the same, but the formula is different. In the digital environment for you to scale and really get like a maximized revenue, profit, is when you design for the extreme. Because if you design for the extreme, you're going to end up creating solutions that is going to work for everyone. A good example, if you design for a person without an arm, this is going to work for a person who broke an arm or someone holding a baby, a laptop, or in Canada, a Tim Hortons double-double, right? So I usually say accessibility for few becomes usability for many. So this mindset now with companies like Microsoft is helping us to create solutions that includes people, but drives innovation to everyone. I have a list of examples of technology that we use today that was designed for persons with disabilities, but everybody's using. Ricardo, that example that you were just sharing there is, is pretty amazing. And I know there's lots of people that are pretty aware about you know, inclusion. Um, but maybe there's some more examples that you could share just so that anybody that's newer or less familiar with the topic could understand a little bit about the importance of where it fits in in our lives. Today, I joined a session at Clubhouse, the new app, and people were talking about accessibility there. And it was a fascinating example for people hard of hearing. So the example of captions that works for a person hard of hearing can also work for a person with an ear infection or someone in a noise place or helping someone like a foreign language speaker to communicate is a technology that works for absolutely everyone. And the example I heard is someone sharing an experience from a family um, during the pandemic, people, I guess, like everyone else, started to consume more uh, serious TVs and programs and apps and things. But uh, uh, the example that uh, she brought to us is her mother. She was only able to consume certain uh, uh, films and movies uh, because not all of them had captions available for her. So as a customer, she decided to go with certain platforms that were accessible because many other plat platforms were not accessible. And she was a consumer paying for the service, but it was excluded from the experience. The problem was not with her, she's hard of hearing, that she was not the problem. The problem was the tool, the technology, the app, the streaming that was not accessible. So that's the mindset that we want to bring is to emphasize that if you publish a video without captions, uh, that's the problem of the producer of the content. If you are sharing a PowerPoint presentation and you forget to check accessibility before you send the content, uh, and a person, for example, who requires a screen reader to consume the content, uh, the problem is with the person who created the content, not the person who is consuming. So I think this is the example is bring intentionality and understand the audience that you are serving. So that's crucial in, in the accessibility world is to understand that you are designing things for humans and each human is unique. And it's great when you have a chance to invite differences and in perspective in the design process. That's very important. Is there maybe a couple tips you could share for people to think about or take away as top tips to begin starting to be more inclusive and accessible in the way people do things, whether in their personal lives or at work? The first tip I have is day-to-day uh, -day work, I, either if you work or if you study, I have uh, with this first example, three tips is how to create, consume, and share accessible content. Think about this. You either create, 
you consume or you share. And there are uh, simple things that you can do when you create a content to ensure that the content is accessible. Like you do for spelling and grammar, just go in a button which is really close to spelling and grammar, call it check accessibility. Just check there and ensure that your content is fully accessible. That's the first thing that I suggest, creating accessible content. Uh, when you are sharing accessible content, uh, it is also important for you to be um, uh, intentional in the way that you are presenting. So you can definitely use technology like turning on captions when you use Microsoft Teams is a good example, or using captions and subtitles in PowerPoint so you can speak in different languages and have captions in different languages. This technology is fascinating because it not only includes people hard of hearing, but also foreign language speakers. So it's a way for you to share in a very inclusive way. So if a person on the other side of the bridge cannot hear what you are saying, the person can follow by reading. The other tip I have is to ensure that when you present, describe the content, because sometimes uh, imagine after the pandemic, people will be driving and joining conference calls. And you don't want a person to grab the phone while driving and watching the content that you are presenting. And the same way, a person with sight loss cannot see your content. So avoid things like, a, as you can see here in the slide, or what do you think about this slide that I'm sharing now? So give a chance to the audience and describe the content that you are presenting. So you kind of see that this is hand-to-hand, uh, -hand, the human being and technology making things more inclusive. Last but not least, uh, in ways for you to consume, there are amazing tools. And my favorite one is um, for people with dyslexia or learning or reading disabilities, is a technology called Immersive Reader. We have this technology built in by design across all Microsoft uh, 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 apps, including Microsoft Teams. So you can apply Immersive Reader to conversations that you have through Teams. And then in immersive reader experience, you can change the background, increase the size of the text, change colors. Because it uses AI, you can describe verbs, adjectives, you have a picture dictionary, you can translate to different languages. It's like the power of AI helping you to consume content in a very accessible way. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. And, and one of the things I want to do now is, you know, your passion is shining through. And I want to sort of circle back to the beginning around when did you determine that accessibility was something that you would be passionate about, that this is going to be the fire that inspired you to pursue it more thoroughly in your career? I got the, the a midlife crisis putting put in perspective is, is a realization that most of the things that I want to achieve in life, actually, I check it. And one day that I, I was, I said like an age that I, I wanted like many things in my life. And when I was approaching this age, I said, yeah, checklist done. And I was not feeling happy. So uh, during that time, I, I look for mentors, advisors, and I, and I talk to many people. And, and here's the thing is, is, is a reminder that uh, time is, the, our time here is short, putting this perspective. And if I, if I want to really create an impact, I need to do the reverse math of uh, living a life that is going to help me to achieve the goal of creating an impact. So I, I always had this project in, in my backlog to say one day, one day I'm going to do this. And I said one day that I'm going to retire, the day that I'm going to have money, the day I'm going to have a condition. And what I realized is 
today is today, right? Things can happen tomorrow that things will not no longer be here. So I feel so happy that I took this courage to bring this project and try to figure out with the things I was doing. Luck enough, I had an opportunity and platform with people around me supporting and helping. But I, I would say my learning through this experience is do not postpone your dream. Uh, always prioritize what you love. Follow your heart, your passion. And I I, I know it likes cliche. You, you hear like a, people who are really important, who really change things, they, they say this. <laughs> and I, I kind of feel that I can also say this. It's, it's so basic as doing what you love. It's, it's so sad to hear that people, uh, they work with things that they don't believe, with people that they don't like, with topics that they don't expect to solve anything. So if you are in the situation, it's time for you to ask yourself what you're doing with your life. And uh, with the power that we have today to connect with each other, to leverage technology, many things, is like no excuse for us to, to really do something meaningful and impact people in a, in a positive way. So, and working with persons with disabilities for me is super uh, special because I see people really coming through and putting their dreams and not just trying to make their own world, uh, life better or more inclusive, more accessible, uh, but they see that through this work, they can also impact millions of lives around the world. I have so many amazing people that I had a chance to meet through this, this, this journey. Uh, like right now, I'm thinking my, my dear colleague, Mayan Ziv, the founder of Access Now, uh, please follow her. She's she's amazing. She's an amazing communicator, and she's just changing the conversation for uh, changing around the conversation around accessibility, not just in Canada but everywhere in the world here from Toronto. So, it's follow your heart, follow your passion. A lot of people sometimes confuse following their passion with needing to leave the place they are or the job they're doing. Um, but I think what was special, and obviously this platform doesn't necessarily exist for everybody, but once you sort of knew what would bring you energy, what would bring you passion, you didn't confine yourself to thinking only about your role as it existed today. Obviously it took people around you to give you, you know, the space to do so, but you took it upon yourself to figure out how your passion could integrate with something you were doing at work. Um, what kind of advice would you give to others around, you know, maybe figuring out how to bring what they're doing and what they're passionate about together instead of always thinking, you know, maybe I need to leave. We change when we think differently. So the change needs to have been sight, right? Either in our mind or in our heart. When we think differently, we start to see the world in front of us different. So I think this, this was the transformation that I went through. Uh, everything was in front of me all the time. I, I, I don't know, maybe I decided to wear a different glass that helped me to see things differently. But once I start to see things differently, uh, things changed. And it, as I said, in front of me all the time. So my first tip is, uh, especially now that we cannot go outside, take this opportunity to go inside deeply to really learn and understand who you are, why you are here, your journey, and what you're going to do in your life. I think it's it's a blast for us in, in some point to think about this opportunity that we have to really uh, revisit many things that we, 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 we do in our life. That's the first one. 
The second is sometimes we think in something big that looks like impossible, right? I think in, in ways that we need to translate the impossible and small possible things. So how you turn an impossible activity or an impossible mission that looks impossible that say, hey, in my lifespan, I'm not going to be able to do this. How you translate this in small pieces that is doable, that is possible. And do an exercise of doing the first step to say, let me try, let me work, let's see what's going to happen. And I think it's, it's this combination of translating something co complex to small things that you can do uh, from your day-to-day -day with your uh, neighbors, your family, with friends in the workplace, but taking the attitude to start to do something because um, you can have like a beautiful dream, amazing things, but if you don't start, if you don't try, if you are afraid to fail, nothing's going to happen. So fail fast, hit the wall, and it's going to be an amazing journey that you're going to learn a lot. When you found that passion and integrated it into your career, how did that help you unlock even more potential in what you were doing every day? I, I started to consume books, to watch on-demand videos certifications, reaching out to people. Like, it's interesting when you find a field that you are really passionate, uh, you kind of funnel your attention and time to learn, to, um, to really uh, acquire new skills and competence. And for me, it was a, so impressed to see that uh, I was able to acquire so many new things. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I kind of feel that the more I learn, more I need to learn. So. I'm far from being, as you introduced me as an expert, please exclude this. Um, I'm someone that I'm going to spend my entire life learning this topic. But it is fascinating that you, you become so open to the new, to the difference. Uh, uh, you learn how to be vulnerable. That's something that I would say was super interesting because in my previous mindset is like, uh, vulnerability was something that I need to carry with me. I only needed to show my strengths and and I think the, after I moved to this space, I learned how to be vulnerable, especially working with persons with disabilities. I, I had so many examples, personally from my family and from friends, that I, the stories that I heard or stories that I saw or things that I leave it with, that um, it was just showing to me that uh, vulnerability is part of who we are as humans. And, and sometimes, sometimes all the times when we embrace and we understand this piece, uh, it helps us to shape and move on. But I, I'd say the benefit of doing something that you are moved, that is your passion, that your heart is singing, it's like a domino effect that is going to bring so many more things in your life. Thank, thank you so much for sharing these tips, these stories. This is like you know, I, I'm igniting an even bigger passion even between, you know, you and I right now around like what I can go learn around this. And this is uh, what I'm hoping others take away as well. And so as we start to kind of come to the end, what I'd love is if you could share one maybe tip or place people could go if they're interested to learn more about accessibility. And then what is sort of your parting advice? I know you've shared tons of advice today, but parting advice for people who maybe feel stuck in their own careers today about figuring out how to find their passion, ignite that passion and turn it into something that they can go do within their own career or at work. So the first one is visit the Microsoft Inclusive Design Portal. 
just go to your preferred uh, search engine, which I know it's Bing from Microsoft, the best one, kidding, so use the, the one you prefer. Type Microsoft Inclusive Design and go to the portal. It's an amazing portal where you can see videos and videos and stories, kits of inclusive design, uh, examples of how organizations can design products and apps more inclusive. So it's fascinating. It's a good start. We also have online training. If you want to learn more, uh, just look for Microsoft Learning type uh, accessibility and you're going to find uh, online training that we made available outside. So tips around accessibility, many things. There are many key stakeholders to follow. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Just accessibility and start to follow other people. My career, uh, my suggestion in terms of career, uh, one of the things that I saw it was fascinating. It was introduced to me during this time was um, it is a, a concept in Japan call it Ikigai. Ikigai, uh, it's a reason for being. Uh, it's a meaning and purpose and how you can find your meaning and purpose. So also try to find Ikigai, I-K-I-G-A-I, -I -I, Ikigai. Um, you can also easily find, but what I love about this, it's a very simple concept that brings four pieces together. Is you need to know what you are good at, you need to know what you love, you need to know what the world needs, and how can you be paid for. And when you make this intersection, you have Ikigai. Because when you make this intersection, if you are good at and you can be paid, you have a profession. If you are good at and you do what you love, you have passion. If you do what you love with the word needs, you have mission. If you do what the word needs and you can be paid for, you have a vocation. And if you have the noisy key guy. So it's a very interesting concept in books and things. So I recommend if you are looking for meaning and purpose, do read this book and, and watch things online that is super cool. And last but not least, I guess we have an audience of leaders and people who are, you know, high in talents and considering uh, to bring new talents to the workforce or designing solutions for, you know, anyone. My best tip around accessibility is a concept that I learned, call it nothing about us without us. Nothing about us without us. Hire persons with disabilities. Make them part of the engine. Bring them to be part of the fabric. We have an amazing talents across Canada. By the way, unemployed and looking for jobs, high qualified people. And, and, and unfortunately, they are not finding matches in jobs. So how can we collectively work uh, to reduce unemployment for persons with disabilities in Canada? How can we work together to make uh, the education more inclusive for talents with disabilities? So that's the third one that I want to recommend. Ricardo, thank you again for sharing your story with us, your advice. If you like today's content, make sure to hit subscribe below. If you have suggestions of other things you'd like to hear, please leave it in the comment section. We'd like to hear any other tips around, you know, finding your passion in your career. Again, this is Mike from The Flywheel, where we talk to experts about careers, growth, personal development, and business. Thanks again, and see you on the next episode.